Hello and welcome everyone to EPL in the Heartland. It is the review of week two for the Premier League. So many storylines already branching out. I'm joined always by my good friend Al. Yeah, just a couple buddies talking about the best league in the world. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? my cheeks right now i feel like i'm enjoying it way too much there hasn't really been a rainy game yet a lot of wind yeah that might that could be it and you know i feel like maybe it's it helps that like the promoted sides like at least are able to are tr to try <laughs> and also that the top two are so good yeah i think maybe towards the middle of the year we might feel a little bit different I think things are if new and anything, interesting right now. Yeah, if anything, maybe it's an argument for, like, maybe parody is bad. Like, maybe it wasn't that fun when we had, like, six, like, 85% teams, and instead now we have, like, two 98% teams, and everyone else, like, has to try to do funny things to catch them. Yeah, it, it, it creates a different thing, because you know a lot of teams aren't going to win, and it's really just a fight for Europe. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I was, uh, I mean, I've been telling people all week. I'm just so excited for this Norwich Chelsea game. I honestly feel like Norwich have a chance. That's the that's the weird thing about Chelsea right now is you don't really know what you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. They played toe to toe with Liverpool in the Super Cup, and then, well, what is their game last week? More about Leicester or more about Chelsea? Who knows? Who does know? Yeah. Well, let's get into a little uh, quick review here. I got them all listed. Uh, week started out, Arsenal 2, Burnley 1. And this has set off what I think is an annual event, which is the the four days where people convince themselves that Arsenal have changed. Which, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, which I'm not saying hasn't happened, but I just don't think we've seen enough through two weeks to uh, say that, wow, fundamentally different side than the one last no the one from last year yeah i because after you did the the write-up for the episode this week i went to go look to see what arsenal started with last year and they had to play city chelsea and liverpool in the first five games which i think is why the the hype is a little bit earlier than it was mm. but arsenal does this really weird thing well i guess the, the good thing for them is that they beat all the bad teams which is what gets them into europe I think their road form, though, is was also that the just road form against mediocre sides last year was really costly. Yeah, I mean for the like a Champions League push, but beating Burnley at home is enough for you to get Europa League. Mm -hmm. And when you have the two people that scored in that game, I mean, really, the only way they lose is if one of those guys has an off day. It's funny, like. Sabios was good. A lot of a lot of Sabios uh, love this week, but like Lacazette's goal was you know was an individual goal, and how I would describe it, you know, he kind of gets on the turn and makes something happen. And Aubameyang's goal was like it was quality, but I like I still don't know that I've seen enough where I'm like, ah, this is a transformed side. Yeah, I. I mean, if you look at Ashley Barnes's goal, David Luiz is standing on his own in the center of the box, not marking anyone. There's no one else there. Talk about Ashley Barnes' goal. Has there ever been a goal that you felt like more capable of scoring than the one he scored? I know, right? You just stand there, and then they just bounce it off of you a couple times. And then he kind of just like shoveled it in. He didn't really actually shoot it. No. <laughs> yeah. Kinda... He kind of had a brief spasm, and the ball went in the back of the net. I don't know if I would have celebrated that goal. No, but he, but he's on a hot streak. Of course, he meant to do it. Yeah, I'm sure he got a nice goal bonus paycheck out of that one. Uh, we'll get, we'll touch on Arsenal in the previews later. They got, they got a big couple weeks. But uh, then we went Villa Park, Aston Villa one, Bournemouth two. I just feel like Aston Villa. This is like a promoted side playing against Bournemouth, who. And I, I heard this somewhere this week, and it, it made me think it, it's true. 
Everyone loves Bournemouth, but everyone also just expects Bournemouth to lose. <laughs> like, Aston Villa should have won this game. But Tom Heaton gave away just the worst. I mean, it was a silly, such a silly penalty to give away. And it was just like, this is, you gotta, you gotta win this sort of game, you know? I think there's still, and yeah, I do agree. Like, the, the, the penalty is away from goal. He's on the end line. I think at most of the times as goalkeepers, you just kind of shepherd him and then backpedal to get back to your inner post. An experienced keeper, though. I, t- I just thought I thought he had a little... It felt very out of character. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, good three points for Bournemouth. You'll take three three on the road anytime you can, and four points through two games. That's, that's the Eddie Howe playbook right there. Yeah, I think they'll look back on that one and really like that they got three points against a promoted side. I still think Villa, probably until the international break, are going to be a little wonky. They're yeah. still like they're still putting in three to four new players in their starting 11. Mm. Uh, then we had the same time window, but Brighton won, West Ham won. We had a Tressard equalizer, and he also had a goal ruled out through VAR. A couple funny goals in this game. Uh, Chicharito scores for West Ham on a goal where if it wouldn't have gone in, I would hope he would have been just absolutely vilified for not squaring the ball to Mikhail Antonio, who had, who was so open and would have had the tap in. But in true Chicharito style, he, he goes for a, a finish through the goalie that happens to eke over the line. He was never going to square that. I know, but he just, <laughs> I know. You would never have. It's it's funny how players are different though. Like I imagine, like a Christian Pulisic, and I'm not saying that Christian Pulisic is a great player. I'm just saying like certain players are like they'll always go for the assist. Yeah. Chicharito is wired to to shoot. I'd be interested to see if he has more than ten Premier League assists. Oh my gosh, no chance. I'll I'll check. You do a quick check on that. I bet it's like three. I'll talk about my buddy, uh, Mr. Trissard. Seems like a handy signing. I was doing some looking on him. Uh, $18 million from Gank. Kind of looks to me to be like a, a uh, make, like a poor man's Thorgan hazard, you know? Oh, yeah. As far as just like, you know, he's a left winger. He doesn't necessarily shoot great or assist all that well, but he, he seems to always be involved in the the uh, build-up to goals, and uh, if he's a good signing for Brighton, I think he kind of offers them a little more dynamic playmaking than Pascal Gross, who they've relied on a lot. Uh, yeah, he yeah. came in for the our boy, Jurgen. Which, oh, Jurgen. Yeah, in the starting 11. So, he's a, I mean, he's a different type of player. I mean, Locati is going to be more of a, a striker. I don't know why they would play him out on the wing, but yeah, I mean, he took his first goal really well. Second goal, even better. But I don't... Yeah, he's a new signing. I'm sure West Ham's defense didn't really know what to do with him. It was his first start in the Premier League. But as I as I watched the game, I don't... Uh, I think it's another... We had talked about this last week of like not really thinking a lot of the mid-table team's back lines are all that great. I mean, we talked about everyone's backlines, but West Ham's backline is just it. Well, just their the way they set up their team in general is really attacking because even in midfield, it's like it's Declan Rice, and then they kind of just play like a bunch of attackers and wingers, and you know it's easy to get overrun in that area. Yeah, I don't know how uh, Issa Diop was like a a touted Arsenal target for 40 to 50 million. Yeah, me either. And then they play Masuaku, a left back, who is like, he's basically just a winger. Yeah. And so, yeah, they need to tighten it up. Who do they, who do they have this next week? They have Watford. Watford. That is a fun oh. game. I'm not that excited. I'm not that excited about Watford right now. I need the Idrissa Sar to uh, get fit, but... Uh, a good segue to the next game. Everton won, Watford nil. Uh, it seemed like you guys had the better of the play at the start and got a goal, which you like to see when you're in the ascendancy, and then you kind of held on a little in the second half. 
Yeah, they decided to just go long ball, um, which kind of helped them out. We didn't really have any control in the midfield pretty much from like 30th minute on. Um, they, and I mean, even in the second half, they had five forwards on the field at once. They, they took off all their central midfielders. They were playing out wide like Will Hughes and just lumped it forward to Deeney, which kind of played into our hands. I mean, if you think of our two center backs, Yuramina's 6'5", Michael Keane just loves to head the ball. Um, there was only one time where I don't know if Deeney originally flicked it on and then ended up on the end of it and Pickford took it off the face. Uh, but that was really the only time we were actually challenged in the game. I think our biggest issue was is we had no real way to get the ball from our defensive line to our forward line. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin didn't really have all that good of the game. Um, Sigurdsson, I think, only touched the ball 13 times the whole game. Um, your outlet ball, a lot of the times, would just diagonal balls out to the wing um, to Bernard. Richarlison also didn't really have a good game. I think he's still kind of recovering from um, the Copa America. But um, we got to see Moise Keane, which was really cool. Um, I think he held the ball up really well, but he also uh, did really good runs into the channels, which almost led to a goal. But So you on team Moise Keane should start getting uh, DCL starts? I am, but I don't think he's necessarily ready. I, he was he was gassed. He played 20 minutes, and by the end of it, I mean, all we did was just pump balls into the channels for him to chase, but he, he was done after about 10 to 15 minutes. Sounds like he might be falling victim to that classic English trope of uh, the pace of the game, man. Yeah. The pace of the game. But, I mean, like, the instant he came on, he he holds the ball up a lot better. He's, he's technically better than Dominic Cavert-Lewin. I just... He wouldn't be able to work hard for 90 minutes like Calvert Lewin would, which is why like Allardyce liked him and Komen liked him. I mean, Komen started him at left wing back one game. So interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think you'll see DCL for at least another month or two. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for you guys to put together anything interesting. Is Luca Din? Is he going to be out for a while? He trained today. Um. I don't. I mean, Baines was also out with an injury, so I don't know if you'd see Sadibi this Friday. But um, I like. I would totally take Sadibi at Spurs. How, I don't know why how we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird signing. I mean, he's Monaco just let him go on loan. I don't. I'm not sure if they like are strong at right back or have a younger one that they're kind of trying to push through the team. But a year Absolutely. loan while we let John Joe go to Schalke and start every game in the Bundesliga, I'll take it. Yeah. And I do, I mean, he's very attacking, but I do think you guys probably have the personnel to cover that sort of thing. Yeah. Once your boy, did Yamin start? Yabi, how do you, how, how do you pronounce your new Cameroonian midfield enforcer? Oh, Gabamin. Gabamin? Is that yeah. really how they say it? G-B-A-M-I-N, Gabamin. Okay, yeah. But he he's probably going to just start checking people. He is finding his way. Um... I don't think he would have normally played the first week when he got brought on against uh, Palace when Gomez got hurt. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it really helped him in this game against Watford. He could just give the ball to Gomez and Gomez would just do what Gomez does and find the, the ball forward or just shield the ball away. Um, still made some silly fouls that he'll, he'll learn on, but... Um, 90 minutes, and I, I would assume that he probably starts from here on out. I don't think he'll bring Schneiderlin in after his suspension. Uh, that, that switched too quickly, but the other thing on Watford was uh, I was looking at this. Like you were, You're right. They, they are incredibly narrow. They play almost four central midfielders. Yeah. They, 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 probably, they tried to do the classic 4-2-2-2. Four, two, two, two? Four, the two, Brazilian two. four yeah. triple two, where it's like your fullbacks are your all your width, and there's her what Holabas and Holabas, who's fifty six years old, and Kiko, who probably could be a center back. Mm. I don't think they recruited all that well at the the fullback position this this summer. Yeah, I would. I guess they do play Delafeu, so he he is width in his own way. Yeah, you can but, see the classic Delafeo things in the game, too. He was tired after about 30 minutes, really stopped making the runs. Those are all the things that I really, really missed of his Everton time. He's def. I feel like we, we should come up. I don't know if the award should be called the Delafeo or the Lamello, 
award for just a player that his flashes are so high, but his lows and his average are so low. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving on. The Pookie Show. The star of the week. Everybody's favorite. Finn. Timu. I don't know if uh, we should be touted as calling out Timu Pookie because I haven't heard anyone else talk about him. But that guy, man, if there's like there's actually a difference. And I, as I was watching the games for the newly promoted teams, a lot of times the newly promoted teams, you're like, who has the goal scorer that could keep them up? And I think Norwich have kind of found that with Timu Pookie. And this might be something that we should do for next week, but I feel like every year there's a promoted team that has the the guy who was the leading scorer, a big scorer last year in the championship, and you usually know who they are. <laughs> and uh, I, well, Grant Holt was that a person? He came up with Norwich the first time, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he was a big scorer in the championship. Yep. Or, uh, gosh, what was the guy from Rangers that came down? Uh, not Hooper. The other there was another big nine, but and every year I'm like, oh, maybe they'll score some goals. It doesn't ever seem to actually work that well. And the fact that it's Timu Puki, who, if you just look at him, is maybe one of the top ten, top five least physical, impressive people in the Premier League that I've ever seen. Yeah, he has a championship body. He has a normal person's body. <laughs> he looks like he should have made his money in music, you know, or I don't know. But man, it was a hell of a hat trick. The, the goals were class. Yeah, they were all good. Can't complain about any of them. Yeah. Norwich. I mean, they play some good stuff. I think uh, I was looking at the... You had texted me this week about making Premier League bets for our thing in October. and Newcastle, down there, second, second lowest odds for relegation. I didn't think it'd be I, that bad. I think Steve Bruce sucks. I mean, he is bad. Think of like any job he's ever had, Sunderland, bad. Who do you have before Sunderland? He's a good championship manager. I don't understand why people still give championship managers. Like, he has a track record. It's not like... he. And this is Steve Bruce we're talking about here. Does he really seem like someone who's going to change? No. And actually, uh, something that else that we can add for the next week docket, I want to talk about the three-five-two revolution that's currently going on in the Premier League. Is it a revolution, or is it just that everyone has fullbacks that are really good attackers and they're not that good at defenders? I mean, if you look at the relegation side, Newcastle 3-5-2, Sheffield 3-5-2, Brighton 3-5-2. Um, is there another one? Southampton 3-5-2, Wolves 3-5-2. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely different. I, lo- I love... Uh tactical variety I, I think it makes the game so much more interesting sometimes it can be a little slow because they are feeling each other out and there's lots of midfield battle but when they both get flowing it can be awesome yeah i was just more interested to see because in the uh, west ham game it was when they brought on the second striker and lanzini kind of had a little bit more of a free roll that they kind of broke that apart mm-hmm. and i was i'd be more excited just because I am a striker guy that more teams would start playing two strikers against your Newcastles, your Brightons, and those sorts of teams. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think the Norwich game this week against Chelsea, is it the 6.30 special on Saturday? Yes, it is the early game. But I think that would be a good game to wake up for. Yeah, they're they're going to attack. I don't think they are gonna sit back. What is the Norwich's manager's name? Can you give me it? Mm, I think I it's Fokker. It. Yep, it is. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's Lord Farquhar. And you know what else he does? He does the low ride pants yeah. with no undershirt. He also gives a weird. He gives a weird interview. If you go look at any of his transcriptions, he I'm- is very out there i saw him celebrate and the amount of butt crack i saw was just maybe uncomfortable yeah (laughs) uh yeah i'm excited for that game but uh 
Moving on, Liverpool 2, Southampton 1. I don't know about you, Tanner. I really thought Southampton were going to steal a point in this game. I was worried, but I also am up for anyone stealing points off the top two. Exactly. I was excited. My boy, Danny Ings, really really messed up a chance there in the 88th minute that I thought was the one. Danny Ings is real bad. Yeah. You know who's real good? Sadio Mane. Because Liverpool did not get out of first gear in the first half, and then he went full Kobe system and just kind of dipped the shoulder in the box and buried one. And I think that's the difference between your your top two and the rest. Yeah, it was, just, it was like it was the perfect example of when managers describe the term quality, you know, when their team's not up for it, but then a player can just have a moment. Yeah. And that was a bang-on moment. And then the second half, you know, especially when teams have to press for goals against them, they're, they're just going to pick them off. They're they're too good with that front three. Okay. But I would say probably the big talking point that came from this game is can Liverpool su- survive the Adrian era? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's already turned into a cult hero. He's had quite the ups and downs. He saves the pen- winning penalty kick in the Super Cup, and then in this game even makes like two really good saves. But the goal, the goal that he gives up with the clear, just like can't distribute the ball to the back without hitting, uh, who was it in the foot? I don't know, but dang it! And uh, they got to survive six weeks with this guy. <laughs> I would be interested to see what Liverpool's upcoming games are, but I don't know. I don't think Klopp will change his, you know, distribution. I don't either. He kind of did the same thing with what's his... Oh, who's their normal goalkeeper? Alisson. Yeah. I mean, he kind of had the same sort of flop early on last year, gave up a goal. Like, it's just the nature of being one of these teams that uses the goalkeeper a lot is that they they will be pressure. Your goalie will hit somebody at some point or try something. Yeah. Uh, Next on Saturday, oof, City 2, Tottenham 2. Oh boy, this was yeah. this was quite a fun fun game to watch. Manchester City are, oh man, they are good. I mean, it helps when you have I don't know, probably the best player in the Premier League, maybe the world. Kevin. Yeah, or Sir him. Sir Kevin. Kevin is insane. He's like a baseball player that had like a juiced bat. Yeah. Like, you- Sammy Sosa situation like I don't understand how the ball comes off his foot at like a different speed than everyone I know I was watching that too and every cross that he had I was just like wow that was really good and fast like how did the defenders have any time to like get to the man they're marking or charge out to the edge of the box if he's doing a cutback and that position that he takes up is just unfair because they're in possession so much and he can do it where he's like floating in like the half eight space on the right, where it's like he's not the winger and he's not the striker and he's not really a 10. He is on the right side between like where your fullback, your center back, and your defensive midfielder on that side would stand. And he just stands there and basically waits for the play to get shifted. And then he gets a pass and he's so good with his first touch and his vision and everything that he's like he can hit that ball that he hit to sterling he can drive inside and shoot or if the winger holds on to it he goes on these overlaps which seems like the most unfair move like in the league like it's like it's like an auto goal it's like doing four verticals on ncaa football 2013 (laughs) you know how often i actually think of how bad the code was for that play specifically on ncaa football fact that like 13 year old kids were able to be like geniuses just like run four verts and run several hot routes and just get into the play they needed oh it made me so angry yeah but yeah big talking point will be the var goal i i would just i'm gonna be sure with it the the var did nothing wrong the var simply just points out that there's this rule where they they made this silly handball rule where if it touches your hand in the build up to a goal then it's a it's a handball and the goal can't count i, I mean, think i think that'll be a I, I, they'll look at that one specifically i think at the end of this year 
but I think there'll be a few other ones where they'll go, yeah, we had this come up a lot this year. Do we think it's bad? Yeah, like, it's, it's just a rules of the game situation. And, and I do think it's just part of, like, the maturation of this whole VAR system. Tweak yeah. the rule. Yep. I, I'm a huge Shauna fan. I, that goal crushed me. Did I think it should have been taken away? Hell no. <laughs> no, I mean, if it would have went off his leg, it's the same situation as his exactly. arm. Amir Report knew nothing about it. Yep. I texted my brother instantly and just said, sick finish, Gab Jesus, because I was like more just impressed like the fact that he was four yards away and decided to hit it as hard as he could, bending into the far corner. I was like, this guy. Oof. Do you think he's better than Ihinacho? <laughs> yeah, I think he's a lot better than Kalechi Ihinacho. Man, he should leave City. He's probably going to be Bayern Munich's number nine next year. Ooh, that'd be fun. What did you, what was your thoughts on the Lamella goal? What, what, what was Ederson doing? I thought that too. I saw it and I was like, is he standing on his, on his left post here? Like he's like 75% of the way to his penalty spot for some reason. Yeah. And you like, he has time to like, see what the play is developing. I guess he must've thought Lamella was going to like, try to chip in Harry Kane or something. I, I don't know, but. I was very happy. I was gonna say Lamella, like the ball finished in the center of the net. That's how far Ederson was over. It was like what if you or I could have just stood in the middle of the goal and stuck a foot out, and the ball would have just hit hit them. But yep. it was cool. Lucas Moura's goal was awesome. Also, it was a hell of a finish for a five seven guy. Yeah, I was actually very surprised that he was the one that that came out with that. Yeah, and it was. I mean, I I think watching City attack is awesome, and I do think like Spurs. I'll give slight credit to them. Like they they did pose a threat at least on the counter at points where it was like Lucas could break at pace as a sub late in the game. And uh, I mean, I'm they're clearly outplayed, I, but it's a huge point. Are you guys like, gonna stick? Like, did you guys go four two three one in the first half? No, what do, who do we, we no, it was like a broken four three three with uh Winks and Dombele, Sissoko, Erickson. Okay, so Lamella and Erickson were your wide players? Yeah. Because when I, was, I NBC had it at a four two three one with Ndombele on the left, which I was like No, it seems real strange. I like I thought maybe you guys would go like four three one two or something. If anything, Musa Sissoko is kind of pushing out into like a a shuttling 4-4-2 right midfielder role mm -hmm. at large portions of time and Lamella's coming away inside. Okay. It was narrow. We'll see. I'm a, I'm a, I I imagine we'll see Sun back into the first 11 this week and that's, that's right. I keep thinking I'm like, man, Spurs could really use like a an attacking player. Yeah, real pacey guy just to be super direct play next to Harry Kane uh, but just to put a bow on this game like VAR will be the big talking point huge point for Spurs but also just huge points in general like City won the title by one point last year I really hope they don't lose it by one point this year I think there's going to be more than one occasion where this happens to like both the top two I know but I didn't feel good about it they they are they are a really special team yeah, in no. possession. Uh, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sheffield United 1, Crystal Palace 0. Tanner's boy, Chris Lundstrom, who sounds like <laughs> he should be a uh, left winger for the Detroit Red Wings, scores. He scored in all four divisions as far as with Sheffield being promoted, which, in my opinion, is one of the, the coolest things a player can do. Yeah, I. he was a player that a lot of people thought would break into the Everton first team, and uh, he just got sold eventually to a League One side. I don't, was it all Sheffield? Do we know the John Lundstrom yeah. stats? Yeah, no, that's the stat, is that he scored in all four divisions with Sheffield as they've been promoted. Oh. You know, I, I'm glad that he's finally... I mean, you always like it when someone goes through all the divisions and eventually comes back up into the Premier League from your youth system. Um, would I want him back in the team? Probably not. But 
Good on him. Yeah. I was looking uh, at Sheffield's front too. Do you know who they started? Oh, it's they've signed a lot of forwards. I'm guessing it wasn't my buddy the Sharp Man. It was not Gary Sharp. Or is that the Nebraska guy? That's definitely the Nebraska guy. It could also be the Sheffield guy. <laughs> I think it's I think they might both be Gary Sharp. Uh, but they did start McBurney, which I'm all about the McBurney train. Oh, I, I'm not. I can't say I'm familiar. Uh, he's the one they signed from Swansea. He was the other one that scored like 23 goals last year in the championship. They started Callum Robinson and David McGoldrick. Oh my, these are your sort of players. Yeah, they both play in the championship and they don't score more than five goals a year. So, the thing that kind of worries me about Sheffield is they're gonna have to win a lot of games one nil. Yeah, but every. Marcel or Bielsa like raves about how they play. Like he, he thinks that their manager is like the next one. He could be. I don't. I mean, they the the goal that they. I mean, the the luncheon goal itself came down the left hand side. It was slick passing. The shot. It's. I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily maybe a shot. It was a push towards the far post that the defender. No, the goalkeeper pushed out to Lundstrom. But yeah. I'd be more concerned about Palace after this game, I think. Oh, I'm super worried about Palace. You've got to... They, they're the established Premier League side, and you, their team sheet does not look like one. No. I was When I saw both starting 11, I was like, yeah, these are both championship teams. The like, all these names just scream championship to me. It seems like they were so well-positioned to sell Zaha and just, like, reinvest. I think their problem is, I mean, they brought in IU. Like, the, I don't know if they have a scouting network. I know that a, the big complaint from Crystal Palace fans is that the director of football isn't good. Mm. So I don't know if they trusted him to bring in. I mean, they would have got, what, 60-70 for Zaha? Plus their one Basaka money. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they could have bought a whole new team. Yeah, but I know. But can they afford to do a whole new team? And yeah, and it's an interesting point you bring up about the idea of like the sporting director. And you know, one of the things I want to talk about today is just we'll talk about Wolves here in a second. But like Wolves' squad, is it actually something that other teams of that caliber could actually achieve? Like without the advantages that Wolves have with their ties to Portugal, like could Crystal Palace just go out and sign for like? above average 25 year old players from let's say like Serie A they probably couldn't no I think Palace are strictly English for the most part yeah like they're gonna buy buy English youth they're gonna buy maybe you get some Scottish players you get some but players who are, are applying their trade in the UK that's probably where they're going to spend a majority of their money. And I mean, if you look when they went outside of the Premier League, they went and got Sorloff, who you and I both love. He's gone now, though. I'm yeah, home. right. He was their big money signing last summer or maybe last January. I think it was January. Yeah, didn't do anything for him. Like yeah. good on him for trying. But I mean, we just like him because he was good on FIFA. And, and I mean, I maybe that's why they liked him, too. And I wonder how much that is has to do with like club infrastructure. You know, like, like, could a club like Crystal Palace honestly bring in, like, Richarlison? Like, does that, and just, like, would he settle? I think the thing with Palace that they maybe don't necessarily use all that often is the London thing. Yeah. I mean, West Ham use it pretty well. A lot of times if, like, mid-table teams are all in and West Ham's one of them, West Ham kind of get the player because they can do the money and London. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like Palace necessarily does that. They can yeah, do the money. They're paying Zaha probably three hundred thousand a week. Mm-hmm. And it it just strikes me as like a such a stark contrast. And I'm not necessarily saying it's wrong. I mean, they've made it to the Premier League, but just in transfer policy, West Ham are signing are quite the cosmopolitan side. You know, why are Crystal Palace seemingly held back? Excuse me by these constraints. I think your other issue, too, is that you have Roy Hodgson as your manager. I heard a tidbit on a podcast this week about Roy Hodgson, and it was talking about – it was about Alan Pardew and 
how Alan Pardew, when he was the manager at Newcastle, didn't like it when Roy Hodgson would come to their games because uh, Alan Pardew's wife is Swedish, and whenever Roy would come to the games you know, as England manager, he would always speak to his wife in Swedish, and Alan didn't like not knowing what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Hodgson seems like he's just a good guy, and I, I do root for him, but I mean, their squad sucks. Yeah, it's real bad. And I don't, I mean, they tried to, was DeBoer the beginning of last season? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, I, I believe. Seven games, they they bought two or three players for him, and then were like, yep, not going to work. Yeah, I just, it's, it's, I don't see a lot of upside for them right now. They could have really used a three, three points at, against a promoted side, coming off, like, I guess an encouraging draw against Everton. Yeah, I think uh, I was looking. I think they're the favorites for relegation right now. I would, I, I would be there for that. It, it just, there's not a lot. It's pretty bleak. Yeah, they're bad. But we've said we've talked a lot about shit than just Crystal Palace. <laughs> Good for us. <laughs> uh, Chelsea won, Leicester won. This game was, uh, was fun. I mean, I, I came away from it thinking that I have a kind of in a better idea about Chelsea and definitely that I just think Leicester are, are solid. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Leicester are going to definitely be top six challengers. Uh, did Pulisic get the start in this game? He did. Good on him. I would say his performance, as far as I've heard, was described as mixed. He, was, he wasn't quite aggressive. He, uh, he had a he had a good chance on a rebound from a Mason Mount shot that he was just just didn't quite get there in time. But uh, it seemed like Chelsea came out of the block super hot. They were pressing. They were they were all over him. The first goal comes like as like direct of a pressing goal as you can have. Like Mason Mount just pressuring Wilf Indeedy off the ball and scoring on the next touch. I mean it was. It was a sick goal. Like it was like a goal you don't actually see in adult soccer. <laughs> but uh, then it kind of just felt like either I can't tell if they ran out of steam or if Lester just kind of grew into the game. I mean, probably a little bit of both. Yeah, I would say but so. But by, by the end, like Chelsea could not stop James Madison from getting the ball between the midfield and defense, and therefore their backline was just laid bare. Leicester to have it attempt after attempt and I think the equalizer was pretty well deserved my boy Wilfred yeah had a got the classic revenge goal uh, sure I'm sure Chelsea going into it Lampard's first game back at the bridge yeah I'm sure the adrenaline was really pumping and I think they'll probably solidify the home the home record a little bit further on towards the end of the season. Yeah. I still think they're fine. They need Rudiger back really bad. You don't like Zuma Christensen? I just, they, they're back line right now. And maybe, maybe this is a Lampard thing, but like every time I saw a highlight from that game, Madison was just getting the ball and it was like, nobody was calling out like that. Somebody needed to pick him up. I think the weird thing too is I don't really see Jorginho as like a I mean he's a sitter but he's not necessarily like a man marking sitter yeah it does feel like they have they're playing those three guys right between Jorginho Conte and Kovacic and do they really complement each other as well as we want them to I think they're still kind of running into the sorry issue where like the three are kind of weird together like it, it doesn't feel like it accents all their their strengths like it kind of feels like Conte should be just allowed to you know go wild back there and you know you play him with Kovacic and and like and maybe play more of a two yeah but they're really sticking with this three Giroud the Giroud play started to this week said Tammy and he did so many Olivier Giroud things that I feel like his legacy will be like his legacy will be that he scored goals you, you're a lot of Europa League goals 
But the thing he's always been best at is like focal point, hit a ball towards me, and I will flick it in some direction or another into somebody's path. And he had he had some good ones in this game. Yeah, there was plenty of opportunities he created just off of like fizzed balls off his chest, off his legs. Yeah. Which I I don't think you really get off off Tommy or Tammy Abraham. Yep. He was very high on like the Emil Heskey rating this week. Oh yeah. Um if we could touch on Leicester real quick, so they're two points out of I would say two tough games, home to Wolves, away to Chelsea. They're looking pretty solid. I have questions about whether or not Jamie Vardy has run out of magic beads. I think Leicester have just changed the way they play. Well, they, the side has been completely turned over in like a really interesting way. A lot of young players, but in almost complete opposite of like a Crystal Palace, like they have gone almost completely non-English. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, he's thirty-two now. Is the the turn of pace really there? Yeah. Anymore. And I mean, we're talking early on in the season. He scored 18 goals in the Premier League last year. All right. But I mean, they still they still need to find someone else that can do it. Is a 32 year old going to be able to play? He played 33 games last season in the Premier League. Will be able to play 30, 35. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably why they brought in Ihinacho. But I would expect like january if they're maybe struggling a little bit or next summer definitely to push for that's the hole well i don't know it's probably not the hole they're still playing west morgan i probably should be more concerned about that but man their midfield is fun yeah it's a real weird i was like uh how do you is it chowdhury just chowdhury i don't know how you say it he carries an english passport so i bet he's really anglicized it that's an interesting one. I think he came up through their youth system, actually. I believe he did, too. Because they're basically playing him, yeah, Stu and Didi, behind Madison, and then using like Yuri Tielemans as kind of like a right-sided, right-sided player with Pereira heavy on the overlap. Rodgers must really like him. He only played nine times last year. I think it was all towards the end of last season. And then he started both games this year. Love to see a youth. I mean, they don't really have. I mean, they have Harvey Barnes. They don't really have another center midfielder. Yeah, that's the only problem with them selling Maguire so late in the window is they didn't really have time to spend it. But, I mean, I think they'll take this start. For sure, yeah. Especially against the two teams they had on the schedule. Mm hmm. And then last game of the week, Monday afternoon, another dandy. Wolves won, United won. Wolves still so good against the big clubs, but I just kind of think it's because Wolves are just a pretty good squad, you know? I just, I don't necessarily know that I put it down so much to, like, their management or their play style against these teams. Like, I just think they have good players. That's an interesting thing, too, because as I was was watching it, I was like, would I take any of their players in, like, Everton starting 11? And... I wouldn't take any of their center backs. Maybe Jota or Moutinho. But like I wouldn't take Jimenez. Uh who they who's the other one that started next to Jimenez? Jolly? Yota. Yota. Both him and Jolly aren't good. They you did the like... they did the Traore thing where they brought him on in the second half. And he did his thing. He did his thing because no one knows what he's gonna do because he doesn't either. There was that perfect moment where he like cuts inside on Luke Shaw, and Luke Shaw's almost just like, "Yeah, go ahead, buddy." And, and then he almost puts it out for a throw-in. Yeah, I mean, he like he almost whiffs. Yeah, it was so bad. As soon as he hit it, I was like, "Yep, that's Troy. Right? He doesn't have a left foot." Yep. Uh, when will <laughs> ego players learn that they shouldn't take penalties? Did you hear them talking about how they have two penalty takers depending on who's stealing it? I hate that, by the way. It's a silly, silly thing. Like, even I can't get behind that. And I'm pretty like, you know, I get it. You know, go with the flow. You but, have... Uh, Rashford has never missed a penalty in the Premier League? Like, just let him take the penalty? I do think that they have 
they have something going for them with this, like, finally just making it the Pogba-McTominay midfield. Yeah, I was... I didn't really rate McTominay all that much. And I think he'll probably grow on me more as the season goes, just because I don't really know what he does. He's just... He, to me, he just kind of looks like he's the second coming of Darren Fletcher out there. Oh, yeah, that's a good shout. He just ambles around and... uh Gets out of Pogba's way when he needs to. <laughs> My problem with them right now is I think Jesse Lingard sucks. <laughs> he started behind Martial, right? He was the 10. I think he was. No. Did I lose you? You went Robotti. Oh. Oh, no. There you go. You're back. Um, uh, the two, two good stats came out of this. One is that... Wolves, you know, hadn't dropped points against the big six in like eight matches. And then the other was, I saw it was an, a Twitter account that was like, has Jesse Lingard assisted or scored a goal this month in the Premier League? And out of like the last nine months, he's only, there was only one yes. Wow. He like doesn't produce end product. And granted, like, I feel like he had a good World Cup last year, and I feel like all the players from England or any of those final eight teams almost can have their seasons thrown out because, you know, it's tough to go straight from playing to playing to playing. Uh, but, like, it just feels like they, this is Manchester United. If you're going to hand that free roll to somebody, they better be able to do some things. It kind of feels like the Manchester United Theo Walcott. Yeah. Or the Manchester United Guilty Sigurdsson. I don't know. Yeah. I'm also, I should temper. I mean, it's two weeks. We'll see. Maybe he's got something and a run of the team's going to help him out a lot. But I guess who else would they bring in? I, just, I feel like they still pay Juan Mata to play for them. That they is still true. Manchester well, for now, reportedly enter Roma. Good, need it. We'll see. I just, I would like to see that player be a little bit better for them. I do like this Anthony Martial number nine thing though. Seems terrifying if it works. It uh, should have happened a long time ago. I feel like he's a unit, man. Yeah. And Rashford looks good off the left. I th I, I think they're doing a decent job of kind of stripping it down to like the basics. And going back to being very Manchester United y. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what he kind of builds on from it. Mm hmm. That gets us through the review. Um, I didn't put this in the notes, but I was going to give you a little quiz here. Okay. How many of the 20 Premier League grounds can you name off the top of your head? Okay. Do I have to actually list them? Yeah, I want. You to just name all 20. Okay. Um, weirdly enough, oh, okay. The Etihad, Anfield. What's the new Tottenham Stadium? Is it just Tottenham Stadium? Yes, currently. Okay. Or White Hart Lane. Emirates, Stamford Bridge, uh, what's United's? Old Trafford. I don't know what Wolves' is. Goodison, don't know what Leicester's is. The Olympic Stadium for West Ham. And then it gets into the bottom part of the table. Did you say you didn't know what Wolves is? Yeah, what's Wolves? That makes me sad. Wolves have a great one. Molyneux. Oh, it is Molyneux, yeah. Uh, Turf Moor. I don't know Leicester's either. Turf Moor's Burnley. Yeah. Palace play at... I don't know where Palace plays. They have a classic one, too. Selhurst Park. Yeah, Selhurst Park. Villa Park, that's an easy one. Yeah. Um, Norwich play at Carrow Road. Uh -huh. That's a great one. Uh, you, you put the Sheffield one in the notes, didn't you? Brahma Lane, that's a gimme. Classic. Um, how many more teams do I have left? Uh, let's see. Have you done Southampton? Southampton. I don't know what Southampton's is. I don't know that I do either. I didn't actually do the research on this. I kind of thought you were going to nail them all. Newcastle? 
It's the whatever stadium that that owner has. St. James's Park. Saint, it's a very classic stadium. St. Mary's is Southampton. Oh, uh, okay. Watford, I think I know that one. The yep. Elton John Stadium? <laughs> I believe it's Vicarage Road. Vicarage Road. And then I believe you're only left with Brighton and Bournemouth. I don't know either of those two. I, I bet Brighton's is like the Amex or something. Oh, it is the Amex. And then Bournemouth was probably like Cherryville. See, the thing is with me and Premier League grounds, if you say it, I know what team it goes with, but I can't do the opposite. So it's Dean Court. I wouldn't have got Bournemouth, I don't that's, think. That was, that's definitely the hardest one. Yeah. I have no idea on that one. Brighton, I think I knew it was Amex. Southampton, St. Mary's, I, I could have got to that one eventually. Lest, I, actually, I don't know Leicester's. I think it, I feel like it's like named. It might be like some Thai conglomerate company thing. Oh, it's the King Power. Yep. Oh. Uh, by the way, Chicharito has ten Premier League assists in 160 appearances. I hate that. <laughs> you, you were right that's though. Very, that's way higher than I would. If you would have told me like seven, I would have said, "Wow, that's high." <laughs> Okay, uh, what else did I, oh, okay, so the other thing I want to talk about, I feel like there was great goals this week. Okay. What are you, what's your, like, favorite sort of goal that you, when you see it get scored, you're like, oof, I like that. Uh, if I could just compare it to this last week's goals, I've watched all the goals. I really liked Bernard's goal. Really? There, I feel like there was a couple of those this week, or was the classic dribbling towards the center and you hit it back to the near post? Yeah, not necessarily. Like for me, the goal itself wasn't all that great, but the Luke the Luca Dean ball, like he's in this he left back, he's almost like in a six position. He just looks up and just plays a long diagonal ball, like going away from goal. Bernard gets on the end of it. Um I really liked both uh not necessarily Raheem Sterling's goal, but I liked Sergio Aguero's goal. You would like that. Yep. Just be, I think like a lot of people don't necessarily think that that takes a lot of talent, but there was just, a lot of goals this week where the striker was in that same position and put it over or wide. The Doug, Douglas Louise goal for Aston Villa for me is a good one. Like the one that is dipping is like a open the hips and hit it and it hits the, the bottom of the crossbar on its way in. Yeah. That's a favorite. I also I do like Raheem Sterling's goal because I love a headed goal that goes back across the goal. Do you think he meant to do it? Yes. Mm, I thought he closed yeah. his eyes. Maybe it's possible, but I always like that there's that second of intrigue where you don't know because of the angle that most of the cameras are at in the stadium where you don't know if it's just like going to go way back towards the crosser or if it's going to hit that far post. Yeah. I think if it was like a big number nine striker that did it, I'd love it a lot more. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it was Raheem Sterling probably put me off of it. Um, Aubameyang's goal, I like. Like, I really like you get it on the edge of the box and just dribble in and wait for the defender kind of like misstep. I also, I liked Pookie's, was it his second goal where like the guy was running in and then he kind of picked it up off of him and instead of shooting right away, he took a couple dribbles. Like, I, I like when they... They like decide that they don't need to shoot it right away, and they're like, "I'm gonna take my time." And the and weird thing about that is, is actually like everyone was freaking out about his first goal. And his first goal hit the goalie. <laughs> I mean, he took it off the volley, but I mean, he know. took it off the volley well, but like, it could also could have been blocked. Yep. But I just thought it was a fun discussion. A lot of great goals out there. I think I can agree. I do you know what I don't like a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fun thing this year will be a lot of those goals will be hopefully like disallowed in terms of the penalties. Like we just won't have as many this year. You think penalties will go down? I feel like they'll probably go up. Uh, Everton. Ha okay. So actually the v the VAR thing in the Everton game this week, Mina took Delefeu down in the, well, he didn't, he tackled maybe Delefeu down in the box. He didn't touch the ball. He tackled Delefeu. 
they they varred it, didn't give a penalty, but gave a corner, even though Mina didn't touch the ball. Mm. So I was I was very confused on the outcome of that because they were only deciding whether or not it was a penalty, but not whether or not it was a corner. Mm. It's a weird one. But yeah. that one was one like when Mina took Delafeu down, I was like, last year that's a hundred percent a penalty. And so the ref was like, well, I'll just let it go to VAR, which is good, I guess. Yeah. I think is going to do what it's supposed to do. Like, the, the rules of the game can get fixed. And I'm sure they can clean up processes of it, but I don't think it's a problem at this point. Nope. Well, we are, as usual, running long, Tanner. But, uh, so I think I'm going to skip. We had a couple talking points we were going to do, but we can do them next week. Yep. And to the as we can get a little more into it, but I was just going to finish, like, we, we touched on this at the beginning, but, man, I just feel like all 20 teams, no, I'll, I'll say 19 teams, I could honestly give a crap less about Crystal Palace. Yeah. But I feel like all 19 teams are interesting to me right now. 19 teams are interesting to me right now. I don't, I think, especially as a neutral, like, if you only care about one team, you can definitely sit down on the couch Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Friday, and just watch. They're all good games. Yeah, I am excited for, let's see, I'm Norwich Chelsea, I think might be my game of the weekend. Yep. I'm all very intrigued by Sheffield versus Leicester. I would be right. very interested to see whether or not Sheffield could maybe put one over on Leicester here. Feels like a, a classic, and a shout out to the Solid Verbal College Football Podcast, feels like a classic letdown game for Leicester. Yeah. Tough ones to start. Now they're going on the road to Sheffield. Coming off a big result. We'll see. Looking at other ones, we already kind of touched on the Watford-West Ham one. I think that's kind of like a who wants to win this one sort of game. I'm excited because it, it appears that we're going to get the first look at Felipe Anderson and uh, Sebastian Aller playing together. I, they had touched that they were both out due to injury. Are they going to be back this week? They were both trending in that direction when I checked. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested. Like, West Ham are going to have to score goals. They're kind of that we touched how bad their defense was, but they're going to have to win a lot of games like 3 2, 3 1. It's a good thing to have in your league yep. when they're not. I'm also sneaky excited for Brighton Southampton. You could talk me into watching that. Let's <laughs> see. That's kind of going into the, the 3 5 2 versus 3 5 2 thing that I wanted to talk about. And that might actually be super exciting because they're both going to play two strikers, but I don't know that that manifests itself in that way. But okay, let's just get down to business. Liverpool versus Arsenal, eleven thirty Saturday. I'm I'm thinking Liverpool smash them up. I think they'll tear the defense apart. They have a better midfield. They have a a good defense to deal with the front three. I think Pepe will probably start. Arsenal started. Is his name Nelson? Reese Nelson. Yeah. Reese Nelson. I think they probably start all three of them this week. Big two weeks for Arsenal. They go Liverpool this weekend and then North London Derby the next week. And the the talk could be turned totally the other direction. Mm-hmm. I would so agree with you, though. I think Liverpool probably turns them over. Liverpool and Manchester City just look so much better right now. Yeah. And I think, like, I mean... They're the, the two teams that have not made signings. Yeah. I mean, City signed Rodri, who's just kind of like seamless. Yeah, team. it's a one-for-one. One. You just take out Fernandinho and put in Rodri. I think City probably score four against Bournemouth. I would take the action. I bet you're not even getting that much juice to take over three and a half. No. Even Maybe Newcastle, road. Steve Bruce, a Steve Bruce special against Tottenham. Yeah, it feels like a slight letdown game for Tottenham, but I like that they're getting Sun back. I feel like they're going to slowly keep integrating these new players in, and they're going to have a lot of the ball. And then is Wolves-Burnley a Monday game again, or is it a Sunday? I would have to double-check that. I think it's a Sunday game. Uh, it's it's an interesting game in the sense because I, I've, if I'm going to talk Wolves up, Wolves have really got to improve their form in games like this. I'm looking now to see. They beat them 1-0 at home last year. 
think they probably did the double over him. Burnley had a dark... They were not good for portions of last year. And we didn't even oh, touch Oh, Burnley beat him 2-1 at home. So yeah, they split it last year. We didn't even touch on your boys. A little Friday Night Football. It's, uh, you know, if you want to be with the big boys, this is the type of game Everton need to win. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think Villa will not lack confidence. Their two goals they gave up last week were dumb. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, you are going to need to make chances and score them. Yeah, Everton aren't exactly inspiring fear right now. Nope, not yet. I mean, we're the only team in the Premier League to not allow a goal. Thank you very little. Cool. Actually, maybe Palace? Oh, no, Palace let a goal. Yeah, we're the only goal. We're the only team in the Premier League to not allow a goal. Nice. That's a cool stat. Is Yeri Mina actually good? I mean, right now he's the next. He's going back to Barcelona. The links are already there. Who is the? Uh, is he the new uh, Christopher Samba? Ooh, very similar players. Mina has a little bit more of a hot streak. He went after a couple players for diving from Watford last year or last week. Watford have some divers in that squad. A lot of them. But okay, I think that's about all I've got for the week. Almost under an hour. We almost did it. Yeah, we do our best, but sometimes we we can definitely get long-winded. Sometimes you talk 15 minutes about Sheffield versus Crystal Palace. Yeah, you're worried about Roy Hodgson and his Swedish flirtations. (laughs) But another good pod. Enjoy the games this week. Um, Al, are you going to be working for them, or are you going to be watching? Oh, I mean, I, I will definitely probably watch the Friday game. I'll be at work on Saturday morning. Sunday, I'll, I'll do my best to carve out a little time to watch some soccer. We'll see. Got a little volleyball in the afternoon, but I think I, I can do the morning. Well, that sounds good. Again, everyone, enjoy the games, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>